Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Week in Crime and Policing with Mayo and Meso. Uh, <laughs> obviously, May- Angel's not here. Uh, he had an event to go to tonight. But I have somebody stepping in for him. And um, you may recognize him. His name is Darren Porcher, Dr. Darren Porcher. He's a retired NYPD uh, lieutenant. Uh, he's a freaking uh, Fox contributor, and he's been on the show a lot, uh, plenty of times. He's uh, very insightful and very funny. But he'll be joining us in a little while. Um, <clears throat> so I just want to say hello to everybody in the chat before I start. Uh, Darren's probably going to be, I don't know, he said 20 minutes late, but he said that 10 minutes ago. So we'll see. But to the people that are uh, kind enough to join us in the chat, let's give you a shout out. Hey, I don't know what happened. Did you, can you guys hear me? I'm having trouble hearing myself, actually. Uh, I don't know what's going on here. I'm, I've been, I've been having a, I think poor, um, poor Wi-Fi here. Um, it's dragging a lot. So I want to know. Can I see it in the chat? Do you guys hear me? Please say yes. What a weird way to start off the show. Oh, wow. I can't see if you guys can hear me or not. You Okay, so you can hear me. Okay, good. All right, let's just, just let's go back to the top again. Saying hello to the people in the chat. And uh, hopefully uh, Darren will join us shortly. Little Mermaid Louisa. Hello, handsome Mark and Angel. And hello, uh, police off the cuff chat. Kim Alliston. Hi, Mark and Angel. Agree with uh, <laughs> Little Mermaid, handsome guys. That's very nice of you to say. Kim Alliston. Uh, let's go back here. We skipped a couple over here. I don't know what happened. Oh, I'm sorry, man. Sometimes you get uh, some tef- technical difficulties. This is throwing me for a little bit of a loop. But you roll with the punches, right? That's what we do. Improvise. That's the name of the game. The show must go on. Hi, Ruth Ann Griffin. Thank you for tuning in tonight. Ryan, investigative group. Bill Ryan, frequent guest on the show. Hello. How are you? Uh, <laughs> Milwaukee civilian, Mark and Angel. I sure hope you guys have my six. I'm very depressed after the red wave failed to wash away the garbage. We're going to talk about that in a couple of seconds, man. That's the way I'm going to open up the show and just get your uh, your insight to people in the chat tonight. Not exactly what we thought it was going to be, huh? <laughs> Far from it. Amory, hi, Amory. Uh, let me see. I said hello to Ruth Ann Griffin. Uh, we're going down. Jojo, hi, Jojo. Mary Goldstein, hi, Mary Goldstein. Uh, Rosemary J. Okay, she says, uh, I hear you loud and clear. Okay, it's it's weird. Usually, um, when I'm doing the show, there's somebody else on with me, so. I hear my voice through them in some reason, but um, right now. And Gates. Hi, Ann Gates. Hey, there goes Peter Pranzo. Hi, Peter Pranzo. Now, I got a huge announcement to tell you people, but I can't really tell you just yet. It's probably like two weeks away, but um, you guys are going to bug. 
And uh, Peter, just you just reminded me of that that exciting announcement, but I can't say anything yet. So, all right. So uh, that was hello to everybody in the chat, and I hope you guys are doing well. Um, let's talk about what happened in the midterm elections. Not exactly what we thought it was going to be, huh? They were predicting a red wave, a tsunami, they said. And um, right now, as I was catching up on the news, seems like uh, the GOP has gotten the House and um, the Senate, I think, is one way or I, we lost the Senate. We lost the Senate. It's really hard to keep up with this stuff. And it's hard to believe that it takes so long after the fact to uh, finally get the vote tallies in on just a small uh, uh, specific group there area um arizona i don't even know who won the governor's race there yet it seems like she uh carrie lake is like she's been like i don't know a point away for uh a week now so it's really really weird that the, the voting systems that they use over there or for some reason there's always this problem um coming down to the end but it didn't turn out the way we uh we wanted it to in here in new york though uh it was unprecedented uh, unprecedented that uh, the Republicans, the GOP, took a lot of seats away, a lot of congressional seats away here. Um, we did not flip the governor, though. Kathy Hochul, uh, Hochul got uh, re. This is going to be a first term um, on her own. She filled in from uh, Andrew Cuomo, and uh, it's hard to believe that that happened, especially with. Um, just, you know, we all live in our bubbles, really. And in the bubble that I'm in, uh, you know, you would think that there was no way she was going to win. And then when you look at the um, when you look at the state of New York and how they voted, the whole thing is like red with the exception of New York City. And uh, somebody told me with some knowledge that you had they had he had to get uh, Lee Zeldin had to get 35 percent of the votes in New York City, which really isn't asking a lot but 30 wasn't going to cut it it had to be 35 and then he could win it was a close race it wasn't a shellacking but it just goes to show you man the whole rest of the state long island um and all of upstate red 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 there was parts like rochester i think was uh and uh, syracuse uh was blue but we're talking about you know the rest of the state completely red, except for New York City. And that uh, just goes to show you, it's, it's so weird in a way that um, the city, uh, obviously it has the most amount of voters, but that it just takes up that tiny section of the whole state and they get to dictate what happens in the whole state. Um, and then you think about things like um, in Atlanta, Buckhead, want to separate from Atlanta and start, I guess, their own state. I don't know what the hell they want to do over there, but who knows? Maybe that's going to be the sentiment for um, for states nationwide where, you know, the rest of the state, with the exception of that one populous um, liberal area, votes one way, and they just get tired of, you know, the rest of the state having to deal with... Um, you know what 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 this small area wants gina g i'm very disappointed with zelda not winning 
but not surprised with uh, Pennsylvania. <laughs> you know, I watched the concession, uh, not the concession speech, the win winning speech from um, the winner of uh, the Senate seat there in uh, and I, I tell you, man, I didn't know much about the guy. Everybody was saying that he, you know, after the stroke that he, um, I can't even think of his name right now, Fetterman, Fetterman, that's his name, that he couldn't even communicate. He sounded like he gave a good speech. He wasn't as sharp as I'm sure that he probably once was, which I don't know, but he gave a moving speech. I'll tell you, man, you got to you gotta feel for the big guy. I mean, even if you don't agree with him politically, he, he seems like a decent guy. Like he's... I know he wants to empty out all the jails and stuff like that, but <laughs> but other than that, he seems like a really really nice guy. Um, uh, Phil Leo, he says he voted for Lee. Sucks, yeah, of course. And we all voted for Lee in New York. Who didn't? Um, Gina G. Mark, he just doesn't have the PA needs. Way too liberal. Yep, but this Dr. Raz, for some reason. He did great on TV. He was a doctor we all trusted when, um, you know, uh, he, <laughs> what's her name? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm missing the names right now. Oprah. When Oprah had him on the show there, he was beloved. But for some reason, it doesn't translate into politics that well. They don't like outsiders uh, for some reason. You really got a hard, if, you, if you're an outsider, you got a hard road to climb. Look at Herschel Walker. I mean, I don't even know what's going on in that race. Who? I'm I'm getting messages from this guy that that Herschel Walker, uh, the preacher, the other guy that Herschel Walker is running against. I forget his name, but I get text messages from every day, for like about the vote, and I'm like, "Yo, oh, Reverend Warnock, yeah, here it goes. I'm here. I'm uh, Reverend Warnock here. I'm about to ask you to become founding donor of our runoff campaign in Georgia. Why would I? I, I live in New York. How did this thing even reach me? How much money do these people have where they can reach out across states and just waste money on this? Because this stuff, even if it costs a half a cent, you're sending it to every single resident of New York where we have nothing to do with this. I don't understand why I'm getting this stuff. Um and <laughs> you're reaching out to me. You must have heard about the podcast, huh? <laughs> you're reaching out to me. Um, let's see uh, what else we got here. Yeah, so I was uh, I was pretty disappointed, uh, like most of you guys. Uh, Mary Goldstein, I was really expecting to win. I thought the New Yorks New Yorkers were fed up with uh, doing nothing, Governor. Well, the scary part is. You know, uh, Kathy Hoka was doing what she had to do to win, which was kind of sort of be the moderate. Now that she won, who knows what's going to come out of her. But we did get a lot of, uh, I guess, congressional seats and and uh, and things moved around. So they lost their main guy, too. Um, this guy was like a big shot, Maroney or something like that here in New York. And he's he's pissed off his whole hell saying that, uh, you know, Kathy Holcomb didn't do the right thing for him. But we did gain a lot of seats, so hopefully there'll be a balance in New York and they won't go crazy with stuff. Um, <laughs> Milwaukee civilian says they know about your day job. Tax cut. They do it so you'll talk about it, spreading the word. All right. Georgian area code. Maui Swift says Georgian area code. <laughs> That's funny. 
Kim Allison says, Mark, yes, I really prayed for Lee Zeldin. Stayed up late, watched uh, Over the Pond, cried Lee, Zeld Lee Zeldin's daughter. Yeah, listen, I'll tell you, it was a hard pill to swallow, man. But, you know, that's it, man. It's done. We hope for the best. That's all we can do. Um, which also brings up another thing. It's like how crime, uh, how, how important is really crime to uh, the average voter? Because the people that are affected by crime the most would be in New York City. And they are the ones who don't seem to obviously care because they're the ones who voted for uh, Kathy Hochul. I mean, every single day, and we're going to go through stories right now, like crazy about New York City and what it's like to be here. And those are the people that have voted for her. Every other place, uh, you know, upstate New York and, and, and Nassau County and Suffolk County, uh, Long Island, sure, you get your crime, but it's nothing like what's in New York. And you guys are smart enough to, to, to vote, like, just so it doesn't come up there. But the people in New York... um. Obviously, you don't care. So then you got to ask yourself, well, what, what? Well, okay, so we kind of brushed aside, for some reason, the abortion uh, uh, turning over Roe versus Wade. And that was still a big issue, okay? We might not have talked about it enough uh, coming to the midterm elections, but it was still an issue on a lot of Democrats' minds. And... That's the way it turned out. And I got to tell you something, too. A lot of the, um, the Democratic candidates chose uh, not to debate. And guess what? It turned out working in their favor. Look at Arizona. I mean, that lady would have been destroyed in a debate with um, Carrie Lake. Because Carrie Lake was a former anchor on a on, on news every night and she knew that there was no way i'm going to beat this lady so she chose not to debate and now i don't even know what happened with this race yet um <clears throat> kim allison mark no one good thing to make us smile nancy pelosi would no longer be speaker of the house yeah that's true that is true um she might be minority speaker but um i think she's done anyway i think she's going to retire after what happened to her husband and she even mentioned it. Like, I think she's going to get out of San Francisco. And she probably moved to Florida, ironically, right? <laughs> Where it's safe because they got a good governor there. <laughs> Sometimes I say funny stuff. Don't I, Milwaukee civilian? Phil Leo, remember the bogus rumor that Rosie O'Donnell died and was face down in Ricky Lake? I don't remember that at all, Phil Leo. You're not. I can say the same thing for Carrie Lake's challenger. Uh, sorry, can't delete the bad joke on Mark's family channel. <laughs> Amory, and who in their right mind votes for Schumer and AOC? Well, see, the thing with Schumer is he's such a vet that he knows what he's doing. And I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, I work part-time in a union job as a concierge in a residential cooperative in New York City, and it's part of 32B32J. And last year, we were set to go on strike. There was a, it didn't even look close, actually. They scared the crap out of us. They wanted a givebacks. The, the Realty Board wanted givebacks. And um, they wanted, I don't know, vacation. It's just, it was just ludicrous, paying into your health care. Well, wouldn't you know it, uh, Kathy Hochul and 
uh, Chuck Schumer, they showed up at a rally for 32B, 32J. And that contract was rectified like a week later um, with no givebacks at all and a pretty good race and a bonus for working over the pandemic. So you got to ask yourself sometimes, am I voting with my heart or with my brains? Because realistically, as a person who lives in New York City and works in New York City, those are the type of things that make a huge, huge difference. So uh, as far as Chuck Schumer goes, he's a pro, man. I mean, he's a Democrat. And uh, I just, you need somebody, you know, fighting for New York if you live in New York. Uh, I don't, I don't see him as being the, the 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 worst evil out of it all. Peter Pranzo, a good chunk of New York City residents looking for free stuff, free college, larger uh, welfare. You know, you mentioned the free college thing, and um, you know, my son probably he he owes he owes money for his uh, nursing program that he attended, and obviously, so we're hoping for. Um, you know, this thing to get passed, right? Because you got to look for stuff that's in your benefit at the end of the day. And, um, you know, this was something that was thrown around before the, the midterm elections, how Biden was going to, uh, you know, $20,000 uh, at least, to at least 10, possibly $20,000 uh, of your debt, your college debt wiped off, student loan debt. And um, guess what happened? Uh, the Supreme Court knocked it down and said, no, that's illegal. So uh, they have to either revisit it. Coincidentally, though, you know, if this is something that you're pushing through the whole midterm election. And it's all, you know, people out there who could save some money on the uh, on their student debt would vote for that. And now all of a sudden, right after the election, guess what happened? It's not there anymore. It's gone. With the hopes of revisiting it. So, like uh, Angel would say, we've been uh, bamboozled. <laughs> right? We got bamboozled, man. Right in front of our eyes. They they waved that in front of us, the college debt thing. Vote for me, vote for me, uh, vote for my candidates. And uh, it never came to be. Peter Pranzo, yeah. Literally after election day. Uh Mark, is uh is this the roundabout way of telling us you are really a Democrat? No, no, not at all. Not at all. But you need somebody who it's a balance over here in New York City. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of people work uh, union jobs, so you gotta be a little look at what the PBA did. They didn't endorse anybody, they gave twenty five thousand dollars, which is nothing to Hokel. Um, they played, and then the DEA, which is a much smaller union, Detective Endowment Association, they they backed uh, Zeldin, which is not going to make a difference anyway. It's just the PBA that really counts. So they play a cultural bamboozlement. That's what I meant to say. Yep. So, uh, all right. So where are we in the show? We're 19 minutes in. I'm expecting, um, hopefully, uh, Darren will be on shortly. Let me see if I got a text from him. Not yet. Mary Goldstein says, unfortunately, there will never be a politician who pleases everyone. I'm pro-choice and still voted for Zeldin. Don't really side with either party, but vote for people who I think will do the most good. 
Yeah, I. You know what? Like I said, I. You know, we vote sometimes with our heart instead of our brains. Like, what would actually be good for what for me for where I live? You know, and um, unfortunately, that they don't always coincide. And a lot. Here's another thing: nobody changes their votes really. Whatever side you're on, that's probably where you're going to vote. These these polls and these uh, uh, things that they do, they don't work. They don't work. They predicted a, a tsunami, a tsunami. That's you know we were going to get 20 extra seats in the house. There was no way that you were going to be able to pass. Uh, you know, all our stuff was going to pass right through the Senate, which we might win, and we didn't. We didn't. It's it's a tooth and nail right now to see the, at the end. To, now they're saying we got the house, but it was tooth and nail at the end, and we lost the Senate. So they were completely wrong. I, these people that are predicting elections and stuff like that—they're horrible. They need to like go talk to people that—they're uh, they're not even any better than than somebody who's uh, helping you make your picks for the football game this weekend. They're really not. Okay, I would like to see their record. As a matter of fact, I bet you the people that pick uh, college football and pro football do much much better. These gamblers. Uh, Milwaukee's uh, uh, what is it? Angle would stand out if he was hiding behind pins at a bowling alley. All right, <laughs> Peter Pranzo. It will come before the Supreme Court, uh, free college for some un- unconstitutional. Yeah, that's what they said. They got They're gonna have to revisit it. But they're gonna revisit it right before 2024, before that election. So then, this case, this way, they can wave it in front of your face again. It's oh, forget it. It's crazy. All right, so um, let's start off soft. We got um, got some stories here tonight, which are crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, <laughs> I want to say this one for. I got to say that one for it. Gosh. All right, this is a oh, man. I, I want to save them all for um. Got to save these all for uh. Well, hopefully it'll be on any second. I just wanted to say thank you because I've been doing a bunch of shows uh, here and there and promoting them. And every once in a while, or mostly every show, uh, we get some people that are coming in and they're um, they're fans of the show. They've listened to the podcast. And uh, listen, obviously crime is not a big factor in New York City for some reason. And it's crazy that it's not. Look at this right here. Uh, man on Scooter. I'm going to start with the stories now, and hopefully uh, Darren will be here soon. Man on scooter drags 12-year-old girl by necklace in brazen caught-on-video robbery. These are these guys, look at what they're doing. Look at these two guys. They're on a scooter. These are grown men, by the way. Look, isn't that a perfect picture? The two of them are on the scooter. They're not in the street. They're on the sidewalk. They're cruising on the sidewalk. This is what New York has become, folks, where you can cruise. This isn't a scooter. It's like a little motorcycle. When you have law and order, you don't have this kind of stuff, okay? There's nobody coming up on the sidewalk. New York City, uh, before this freaking de Blasio took over, on a a motorcycle, two of them. And what do they do? They approach uh, a 12-year-old girl, and they snatch her chain. And she fights it off. 
until she couldn't fight it off anymore. It wound up stealing her chain. But just so you know, this is this is this is what you're dealing with. And that look at that guy. If you recognize this person, visit Crime Stoppers, okay? Uh Crime Stoppers. Uh it's one 800 577 8477 tips one 800 tips You recognize it. This, is, this happened in, in the Queens, Roosevelt Avenue area, Junction Boulevard. That is the, um, the 106 and the 110 over there. Precincts. It's despicable. These guys are wanted for, I don't know, a string of these right now. It's not even like uh, this one incident. No, these... These guys are driving through the neighborhood doing five or six robberies a day. Let's see what we got here. All right. Um, it's just crazy. What is this one? Which one is this one? Here's another crazy New York story. The NYPD is trying to find a suspect who robbed two stores and pointed a gun at people in several neighborhoods. So this guy's going to like CVS, just doing basic robbery shit. And he's on a uh, city bike, by the way. So if you can watch this show, uh, I'm putting up a picture of him. And once again, you visit 1-800-CRIME-STOPPERS-577-8477-TIPS. It's just crazy people. These are crazy people we're talking about. He's going from store to store robbing them. And then just like out of a movie... He's pointing a gun at them, at anybody who looks his way. Surveillance video shows the suspect riding a city bike with weapon in hand, a gun pointed at people walking on the street. It happened at several locations Tuesday from lower Manhattan to Midtown, including Dwayne Reed stores. There have been at least five incidents reported. No one hurt. All right. So. This is what New York City life has become. Um, city bikes are being used for crimes. Uh, these scooters are being used for crimes. You got to be careful. Walking the streets there. Okay, folks. Good news. Darren has uh, joined us. What's up, buddy? Hey, what's going on? I apologize for coming in so late. It's just, um, as I mentioned to you earlier, uh, nights are hard. Nights are hard because you, my, myself and the wife, we get home and there's just certain things that need to be done. I'm glad uh, to be on. Well, I'm really glad to have you. Uh, let me just say hello and introduce you to the audience here. Like I mentioned earlier, Angel couldn't be here tonight. He had a, a commitment to get to. And uh, so uh, Dr. Darren Porcher, a frequent guest on the show, a retired NYPD lieutenant, <laughs> a frequent Fox contributor, as well as other news shows, is coming to our live. He's coming to us live from his walk-in closet in downtown. <laughs> that's, literally, that's literally where I am, man. Is that... <laughs> Listen, at least you have one. My walk-in well, closet is it, my it, apartment. Well, it, My walk-in closet is the size of... Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a bedroom that we made into uh, a, a, a cobalt. Her shoe closet. place. My, I have one. Her shoe yeah. place, right? And my <laughs> wife has one also, so it just kind of works out that way. Uh huh. Good, good, good. I bet you hers is a little bit nicer than yours. 
um, I don't know. I mean, we we got probably probably, probably go, go both got equal shit in there. So, <laughs> so um, you know, you used to join us a lot, and then you started touring the world, man. You became like um, I guess what you'd call the a travel enthusiast, because that's what the that's what women post on their uh, their dating sites. I enjoy fine dining, and I love I love to travel. All these travel enthusiasts. <laughs> you know my profile I used to well, read on the on the dating sites? I'm looking for a nice girl with food allergies and her fear of flying. <laughs> yeah, well, I thought you said you're looking for a nice girl with a lot of money to support you so you don't have <laughs> no, to work no. for the rest of your life. Yeah. So, so. Uh, so, yeah, so what I started with the show tonight was um, I covered a, a couple of New York stories, just your typical, and we. I also uh, talked about uh, the the midterm elections. And I think it's only fair that, um, you know, cause you're, you're very knowledgeable. I want to ask you, I, I said my opinion already, but what, what's your feelings on the midterm elections? You know, it was supposed to be a red wave. Then some said a tsunami. And then we just barely uh, won the house and lost the Senate. Well, you know, it, it, it's multifaceted. When you look at what happened in New York, um, Long Island, for example, we had, you know, the, all the Republican districts, uh, won by Republican candidates in the House of Representatives. And the Senate, you know, Chuck Schumer ran against actually a good friend of mine, Joe Pinion, and Chuck Schumer actually beat Joe Pinion. And, and uh, I was actually very happy that Joe Pinion was able to garner a large uh, block of votes to support him, which tells me that Joe has a very good shot going into the next election, uh, running against any of the, the uh, Democratic senators that we have in the state of New York. Joe is an anchor at Newsmax. So when we look at it on a grandiose scale, I want to say a national level, um, it's uh, right now, I believe the House of Representatives is at um, 212 for the Republicans and the House of Representatives is at 204 for the Democrats. So 218 is that magic number that needs to be eclipsed. It seems um, apparent. They're already saying that they uh... They were already saying that the Republicans won the House online. Oh, okay. I, I mean, I, sites, I, I don't have... Several sites yeah. are, are, are already calling it. Like, I think okay. he might have even this. Okay. Uh, I know the predictions were that the Republicans were going to take the House, but I just haven't seen anything that was... They were supposed to take the House by, yeah. like, 20 seats and, and, yeah, and possibly yeah, so. win the Senate. And it didn't turn out right. that way. They they're the squeaking wave, through. Right? Yeah, but so right what do you what do you think? Like what 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 was the misunderstanding? Like how did we get this wrong? Uh, do you not trust I, the um, the polls and stuff anymore? Is the the, the waste of time? I mean, uh, these guys aren't even as good as picking football games. You know? I think it's multifaceted. One of the things is traditionally whoever the incumbent president is, it's the opposing party that generally picks up more seats. And that's been a tradition for years on end going back to JFK. Um, but I think the Republicans had a lot of baggage that they brought into this election. And one of the things that I think was it was a real anchor in holding the Republicans back was the Supreme Court um, decision on Roe versus Wade. So you yeah, had a lot that. of people that were single um, single issue voters that aligned themselves in opposition of the Supreme Court's decision. And I think the Trump, um, I think the Trump era has come to a close in I that mean. Trump is, in essence, he's, he, he's dragging down the party. And when you speak to a lot of the reputable and well-respected um, uh, 
Republican leaders, they'll tell you the same thing. That there's just too much baggage there, um, whether it's the election was a hoax or everyone else in the Republican Party is not co- not competent. Um, we look at these, the January 6th hearings. I just think there's just too much there. We just need a fresh start. We need some new eyes that can come in. So it appears as if um, DeSantis is going to be that person that um, will represent the Democrat, uh, the Republican Party. Now, bear in mind, you have primaries and things to that effect, and the two are already engaged in that, that acrimonious relationship. So um, it's just a matter of time. But I just don't think that Trump is going to last, um, outlast well, DeSantis in a primary. Trump lost a, a big donor. Uh, they're called mega donors. And this guy who's a mega donor for the GOP, he already uh, pledged his money behind. He's a, he's a CEO of some. I, I wish I knew the company. I I knew it, but now I forgot. But anyway, um, if that is if he's leading the trail right now of um, other mega donors putting their be- money behind this the Santas, then. There's no, there's not going to be any choice. Like Trump is not going to be able to run because you need a financial backing to run anyway. The the handwriting's on the wall. His candidates uh, didn't do as good as projected. As a of fact, yeah, he, he, you know, he was like kind of sort of fifty fifty, but he wasn't supposed to be fifty fifty. A couple of his guys did get through, but uh, he didn't do nearly as well as as he thought he was going to do. And he even, it's kind of weird. He started messing with DeSantis like a day before. Like uh, we actually voted, which was weird. Like there was a couple of shots fired over the bow, you know, um, saying, right. don't don't mess with me. Don't come out. You know what I'm saying? And uh, he spoke a little bit too early. Either way, I think he's done. And I think it's time to move on, especially mostly just because we're watching Joe Biden in the White House at a certain age. And I don't want to talk about age so much. I mean, obviously, Trump is in much better condition, but you don't know when it's going to happen with age. And now I want to bring something to you. I saw something that intrigued me because the whole time I'm thinking uh, it would be DeSantis Carry Lake, but now I'm seeing DeSantis Rick Scott, and I'm like, that looks good. That looks like a good ticket. Um, yeah, it's really hard to say. I don't know if Rick Scott would be that number two. Um, that I mean, granted, they're both coming out of Florida. You know, Rick Scott being a senator and a former governor of Florida. So I think that he has name recognition. But I think the challenge that you have with bringing two people in from the same state, geographically, you'll have people in that one area that will gravitate towards them. However, I believe that you want to look at it from a universal perspective of the United States. And I think that it's best if you pick a running mate that's on the opposite end of the country, because that'll afford you uh, a greater ability to grow the tent, so to speak. So you know what you, you got say someone that, from Texas. You say that. And um, I had a, I had a slide here, but now I can't find it. And it's basically saying that, People are going to be moving as the the, the, the um, midterm election results have pe- people moving to Florida in droves. Florida is already anticipating the amount of people that are going to be moving there because of the election results. So is this true? Who knows? It's a story in the paper. But they're already moving there in droves before the election. So now I understand what you're saying. Normally, it would be like. One guy across the country, like you said, one candidate, and then the two of them together, we could run. But now, if Florida is the best state to be in in this country, which is kind of like mind-blowing, 
just because of the way it's being led, then it stands to reason why not take these two guys out of Florida and let them run. You know? I, I hear what you're saying, but uh, just think about it. Florida, you have two people that are coming from the state, same state. They're pulling from the same demographic. I just no, believe I know, that I if you, you get a, yeah, a, a candidate from another part of the country, you're pulling in an additional demographic. Um, but, you know, it remains to be seen. Um, All right. I Let's think them. that which which no, go ahead. Finish your statement, and then uh, we'll, right. And, and I just think that Joe Joe Biden is a person that is not polling very high. He's a very unpopular president. But mm-hmm. this was more of a referendum on Donald Trump than it was the opposition to or the support of Joe Biden. And it, the, you know, if you read the tea leaves, the writing is on the wall that it's time for Trump to go. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. The, I, the polls, I mean, the, the numbers don't show. Uh, just because you're upset at the president doesn't mean that your local government doesn't count. That's what it shows. Right. And um, right. all right. So I want to just uh, we covered this thing, the midterms like crazy. Let's just go to this really sad story. This happened uh, and a suspect in campus shooting in, uh, in custody, victim IDs, former teammates. This kid. uh Right here, he was. Um, what you're looking at is a picture right now of three uh, these three uh, football players at the University of Virginia were murdered. They were uh, on a field trip um, to go see a play in Washington D.C. And after that, they went out to dinner. And when the the chartered bus returned to the uh, to underneath the garage at their school, the suspect. Uh, his name is Christopher Darrell Jr. right here. He opened fire. He killed three. He was on the football team with them uh, as a freshman and then for some reason hasn't played, but for some reason is still connected to the team. He went on this field trip with them, and then he shot. Um, we'll go back here. He shot Larry Davis Jr., who's a uh, Larry Davis Jr., who's a junior receiver uh, at the college. He also shot uh, Devin Chandler, who's a junior as well. He's also a receiver. He plays a, a wide receiver at the college. And then junior defenseman uh, Deshaun Perry was also killed. And uh, Mike Collins, a junior who a running back, was injured. There was another person injured as well. So this is like a football team outing. And for some reason, this boy who's not even on the team, I, I guess even though you're not on the team, you, you get to still hang out with them and stuff if that's the way you were recruited. But he opened fire and um, and he killed three of these teammates. And it's just a, such a tragic thing to happen. I don't know whether they have a reason yet, a motive yet, but uh, it's it's so it breaks your heart, man. Absolutely. I did this story on Fox News earlier this afternoon and I spoke to the testament of, you know, how these investigations go. We start generally with a back uh, a backwards investigation. And that's where the crime occurred. And then we try to walk back to find out why this person did this to establish a level of motive. I mean, you don't have to prove motive in court, but it helps. And, you know, it begs the question as to what was the level of oversight with the perpetrator in this particular case? Because the chief of police made mention to the perpetrator was was an individual that um, was on the police department's radar. He made a series of vile threats. Um, even the university. He had a hazing, had had a hazing incident. As well with the university, right? Exactly. So the university had had this individual on their radar as well. So 
you know, we really wonder how he was in such close proximity to the team based on it being a scholastic event. Now, we also don't know if he came in autonomous and that's when he committed the horrific act that which consisted of the shooting or was he on the bus? That, these are questions we don't know. But the one thing that we do know is fortunately he's in custody and the district attorney is going to prosecute him accordingly based on the physical evidence that's already been presented. Uh, what's unique in the time in this day and age, the average person is photographed the videotape. 100 to 200 times a day. So it's just a matter of time before they capture um, video that reflects the horrific acts committed by the perpetrator in this case. And it, it begs the question of what could we have done earlier to preempt an arrest of this individual as opposed to oftentimes we just, we lend deference to this person is crazy and we just don't. Yeah, it's, it's it. so, so tough because look, it's a college student. He had a situation there where he was bragging to somebody that he had a gun. And that person turned around and told an authority. That's how he became a person on the radar. But uh, there, I, there was no evidence of the gun. He didn't say he was going to use it in any, manner, in any manner, apparently. And the person who came out didn't want his name known, I think. So... Um, he was definitely on the radar, but when it comes to a college student, you know, we always give him the benefit of the doubt because it's a young person, but it's like, there's such a fine line between like, what are we going to do with this? You know what I'm saying? It's, it's so tough. It's so tough. Yeah, absolutely right, Mark. You know, one of the key elements is the establishment of probable cause. We're just speaking um, on a surface level in that we don't have all of the intricate details attached to the situation. So although the, the, although there was an allegation or a complaint, we don't know the substantive nature to that, which would enable or allow police probable cause to affect an arrest of this individual. So I just think that now is a time that we just got to kind of see what comes out and that'll give us a better understanding as to why it happened, how it happened. And hopefully this person can answer um, to the wheels of justice and ensure that they are convicted. All right. We're going to have to move fast right now. Check this out. China arrests nine coronavirus lockdown enforcers after video showing them beating civilians. Okay. So here's the thing. Apparently in China right now, the coronavirus, these people are still on lockdown. Despite the rest of the world, mostly moving on from coronavirus lockdowns, China has continued to enforce strict Zero tolerance restrictions in many areas of the country. The tight restrictions have sparked occasional clashes between residents. So, like, uh, okay, so we're going to go to a video right now. I want you to check this out. This is funny. <laughs> because this is... <laughs> Wait till you see this. All right, here we go. Uh, uh, okay, watch this. This is... Uh, we'll talk about this after this. Yeah. This is uh, these these uh, coronavirus authority figures dragged the guy for some reason. They're dragging him. Oh, that's pretty. Yeah, yeah. I guess they dragged him. There's a couple punches, a couple kicks. I don't know what this guy did to deserve it, but this is um. These guys have been fired, man. And then another lady takes a dive right there. 
Needless to say, um, where are you? <laughs> Let me get back to you. That, that is no Rodney King, right? <laughs> nah. You it's know, it, a, I was in, they got, he got he got kicked in, in twice, maybe punched three times. But losing your job, there's no try, no nothing. You know, I was in China a couple of years ago. I was in Beijing. I was in a place called Xi'an. I was in Shanghai. And um, the one thing I will say was they had uh, – there was control over that society, unlike what we see the shit show in places like New York, Los Angeles, and San Francisco. But at the same token, you know, an infringement upon our civil liberties is something that, you know, no one desires. And that's one of the great things of living in a democracy. It it was kind of weird because – in China, I was expecting this this draconian uh, state of communism, and it was far from that. People were kind of doing their own thing, but at the same token, until, there was an established cold. There, until, there was an established uh, control. Uh, um, I should say there was a, an established accord of the society. But um, like when I'm looking at this video right here, in terms of the ass whippings that are being dished out for coronavirus, I mean, hey, look. Yeah, no, but just, they got fired. But you know what? Like immediately, they got fired immediately. But, it's not no trial. No, no. I, I want to send them Rodney King tapes. <laughs> Go, these yeah, guys are, but, but, really, I'm going to tell you a real quick story. When I was there, a person got arrested for like a homicide on a Monday. They um they had the trial. The the uh, the decision came down and they executed him on a Friday. Oh, so it was like, yeah, you talking about the rocket doc justice? I mean, wow, I like, man! I like, like that, oh, man. I'm a fan yeah. That's of that. how they got they they take care of business over there, you know. Just no, and I, a lot of the what... Arab countries too. Like I was just in Qatar, uh, what two three weeks ago, and um, that right now they're having they're, they're preparing for the World Cup, but they take care of business over there too. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? You step out of line, you will definitely have to answer answer to the consequences. Let me ask you a question. The traveling that you're doing right now, obviously, uh, it's you know, you're enjoying it. I'm sure you are. But is there a, another reason? Are you you know, are you taking this in? Are you documenting it? Are you going to use it for some uh, just just for your future knowledge and stuff like that? As far as um, who you're going to become branding wise, uh, an expert on all these things. Is that what what what? Why so much traveling? Well, I mean, last week, or just a couple of weeks ago, um, myself and my wife, we went to uh, Doha, Qatar. And it was just like, because they're doing so much in terms of the World Cup and building up um, the infrastructure there. And Doha is an amazing city. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, uh, everyone speaks English. Uh, it, it, it's very, it, it makes New York City look like a third world country. Um, because, wow. the, you know, the infrastructure is so far advanced to uh, what we have here. And it was just a nice place to go to visit. And then after that, we flew to Tanzania and we did a safari. We went to um, the Serengeti and saw this thing that they they call the, um, I say they call, it's the great migration of wildebeest. So you see like tens of thousands of wildebeest and um, zebras and uh, and buffaloes, but you only can go certain times of the year to witness the great migration. So it was just like really amazing to see it. And I was just so close to it. And then after we finished in Tanzania, we flew to um, Rwanda. And um, in Rwanda, we did this thing called a gorilla trek. And what you do, in essence, is you go into the jungle where the silverback gorillas mm. are. And you get like, man, I want to say I was if I was three feet, two feet um, close to these gorillas, that was it. There's no fence. You're in their habitat. Uh-huh. There's no jeep. 
You better no listen. Cages. If, they, if yeah. they're fed, if they're fed, they're good. Yeah, but you know what was interesting about the gorillas? They know they can beat your ass. They know they can kill you uh, at the snap of a finger. So they don't feel intimidated by you. So when yeah. the gorillas see you, they just like, yeah, okay. The way I walk like around furniture. New York City. Yeah. Yeah, they 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 look at you like your furniture, and uh, like uh, they're not intimidated. However, don't get too carried away in terms of if they touch you, that's one thing. But don't don't be the person that's forward in touching them. So like there were like baby gorillas running around, and they'll run up to you. You know, like I remember uh, there was one middle aged gorilla that tried to punch me in the stomach, but it was, it was just like a playful thing. Uh, and uh, just let them do their thing. Let them have it. But let don't have it, yeah. right, right. Don't don't encroach upon them. Because when you encroach upon them, they may perceive it as a threat, and that's when they'll tear you apart, limb from limb. Hey, let me ask you a question. You went to, uh, uh, you did your studies at a John Jay? No, no, I got my doctorate from Fordham University. Okay, you know this guy, John Jay's uh, college, Stefan Handelman, main no, interim no. sexual playboy. Yeah, I <laughs> you know didn't think about I that. Go to John Jay? No, no. Yeah, no, I can't say I know the guy. Look at it. Look, he's 74. That's probably not his picture from now, but if that if that's him at 74, even though he's bald, he looks good. He had an intern there, but she was of age. See, this is where it gets really, really complicated. She's not getting paid by the college because she's an intern and right. she's above age. Right. So he kind of sort of he he's a he's smart enough to do his thing. He used her as a. What do they call it? A sexual play toy. But now she's upset. I don't know what she expected. Her doctorate out of it. But um, she didn't get it, so now she's pissed. And mm. I just thought maybe you went to John Jay, so you knew it. Um, you know anything about Bitcoin? Because this is really interesting to me, and I I, I don't you know, know anything about it. Okay, okay. Let me just read this top of the story. At least one billion in investor assets are missing. This is why we. It, it's a crime story now. That's why I brought it up because it's a crime story. On top of, we'll we'll talk about the, what happened on top of this, but. At the bottom of this, one billion in investor assets are missing from FTX collapse. This is this uh this guy. What's his name? Um, what the frick is his name? Bankman Freed. He had this. Uh, he's got this Bitcoin thing. FTX, it's called. I like his hair, man. That's the way I'm trying to grow my hair. Right <laughs> but this guy, they got. Listen, they had some life. Listen to this, okay. So he's running this Bitcoin thing, and it's very, very popular, and he's worth billions of dollars. His whole team, everybody that he works with, they live in the Bahamas. They live in this penthouse. They're young adults. There's 10 of them living in this penthouse, probably having the time of their life. Now, something happened where somebody sp uh, shared their spreadsheet, which showed that the, bigger, the biggest asset happens to be their sister company. So basically, there's no assets in this company. And everybody started selling out like real quick. He lost billions of dollars all in one day. And on top of it, he also got robbed because somebody uh, went in there and uh, took another billion dollars in assets through uh, some uh, shenanigans online. Well, Mark, one, one of the things you mentioned was the sister company. And it's recorded that he was moving money back and forth between the Bitcoin company and the, and the sister company. And the assets were artificial. They weren't factual. Yeah, and yeah. that was one of the points of contention that came up with this. Um, you know, when we speak to cryptocurrency, it's the new shiny thing that everyone wants to get into. However, 
we're somewhat apprehensive in that we don't know a whole lot about it because this is relatively a new phenomenon in connection with investments. I mean, I hear of the, the I have um, cryptocurrency all the time. The more common one that we all know of is Bitcoin. However, um, it's just, you, you gotta do your research and I'm around a lot of this stuff in terms of people that I know that work in the financial sector. And, but they do not have uh, a qualitative information to support a, a, a plausible conclusion as to what you should put your money into. Everyone is telling you put your money into a cryptocurrency. And this is a classic example because we look at this one. You had Tom Brady. That was a spokesperson. Yeah, had they had a lot himself. of people. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, you had um, you had a lot of reputable celebrities. I know. But what are they getting? What are they getting in turn for Steph their Curry? promotion? What are they getting? They're getting. They're I'm just paying, saying they're getting. They're, they're getting Bitcoin brand ambassadors. Well, they're paying. But they're as, paying well, them in no, Bitcoin. Bitcoin. Well, this <laughs> so is Bitcoin. No, Bitcoin is no, a different listen, is Bitcoin, a certain type. But Bitcoin you is just. A, you well, yeah. Well, that's a t- see, yeah. when you don't know anything, it's like when we grew up. <laughs> you know, people used to call refrigerators frigidaires. There was a company called Frigidaire. Frigidaire. And they used right, to make exactly. refrigerators, right? But right. everybody used to call them frigidaires. Like know? people call so them that's why, like, machine. there's something the called cryptocurrency. But if you don't know any better, you call it Bitcoin. You say Bitcoin. <laughs> it's right. all the same yeah. shit, you know. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Um, this, to me, it's just a pyramid scheme, and it's like, <laughs> put, like if I put a thousand dollars into it, let's just say, thousand dollars, <laughs> I could take my thousand dollars out in a month. And all of a sudden, I have $2,000. But who's going to do that? Why? Because I can wait an extra 10 months and get $10,000 on my... So that's what we're all hedging our bets on. And then when a story comes out like this, where you realize, okay, we've been caught up in... Uh, even though we knew it was uh, a Ponzi scheme. Cover uh, is what happens now. I don't want to... I want to get my money out because now it's been blowing out. So people right. don't hey, mind... Hey, I'm sorry. No, people don't mind getting... They're throwing their money in this thing. Yeah. I don't but get Mark, it. you know what's an what's an interesting point? A year ago, did you see how cryptocurrency was going through the roof? I mean, Mayor Eric Adams mm-hmm. has pledged that he wants his uh, his salary in Bitcoin. You have athletes, superstar <laughs> athletes that want their money in Bitcoin, and so because when you look at how progressive it was, it was ve- it, it appeared to be a very good investment. However. The differentiation and the, the, the assortment of different types of a uh, cryptocurrency is where the challenge comes in. Most people know of Bitcoin, but the problem with Bitcoin is SWIFT is the overseas um, method in how money is trans- um, transferred from, let's say, like if I want to send money from the United States to Qatar or to um to South Africa, Saudi Arabia, SWIFT is the mechanism that uh-huh. the money is sent through. Yeah, I don't even know what Swift that is. Does, See, I didn't even. Ca- I didn't even. SWIFT no, I- does not acknowledge Bitcoin, but there is a uh, there, there's a cryptocurrency that SWIFT does acknowledge that uh-huh. you can um, that you can move money on. I can't remember what the. Uh, what the uh, what the cryptocurrency was, but it's just you, you gotta you, you really gotta bone up on your research. And when I say you, meaning whoever is looking to get into mm-hmm. it, because I genuinely believe that 
it can be a formidable investment. But you just it need is. to know what it's you're just, doing. Think about the stock market. You know, yeah, no, I listen, you, I agree with you. I, I told I know you 30 it's... years ago, if I told you 30 years ago, go with Lehman Brothers, you would have said, mm-hmm. I can't lose if I come mm-hmm. with Lehman Brothers. Uh-huh. But now look what happened. Yeah, I get. Listen, I get you, and that's one. Uh, ignorance is bliss, and that's one of the benefits of having no money. They don't have to worry about stuff like this. <laughs> you know, we we're gonna go probably ten minutes over because I got a couple of stories. We're gonna fly through them though. You ready? Um, what is this one? Oh, we will save that one. That's a good. That's a feel good story. But I just want to show you what cops are going through. Uh, uh, damn it! I'm sorry. Wait one second. What, what cops are going through around the country right now? We'll, we'll go real quick with this this part of the show here, this segment, but these are things that are happening. Watch this. This is a deadly encounter. Uh, right here in New York City. Uh, what the hell is going on? Watch this. Been released showing a deadly encounter between police and a gunman. It happened last night in Brooklyn. CBS 2's Allie Bauman here now with the story. Allie. Maurice and Christine, we've just learned the suspect has been identified as 42-year-old Jermaine Hickson from Manhattan. Police believe this all began with a domestic dispute late last night, which turned into a shootout with officers and ended in the suspect's death. This surveillance video obtained by CBS2 News shows a man standing in the crosswalk at West 36th Street and Neptune Avenue in Coney Island last night. An NYPD squad car pulls up, and as the doors open on both sides, the man puts up his arm and fires at least three shots. We're freezing the video when police return fire and picking it up moments later when the man is on the ground, still continuing to fire off rounds at the cops. He continues to fire at all officers, and then eventually he stops. Our officers are able to close in on him, they subdue him, they handcuff him, and they start rendering aid. The suspect, 42-year-old Jermaine Hickson, was pronounced. Well, I, I'm bringing that story up because uh, it's just graphic video. It's uh, it's crazy that we have this job where somebody points a gun at us and they shoot at us three times. Then we shoot them because we're good, better shots. And then we come and we render aid. <laughs> what the? F- Isn't that an incredible job that we had? That you would—that's part of the process. Yeah. It's like you can shoot at me, but when I kill you, uh, I'm going to come and help you anyway and try to help you not be dead. Uh, but this you is know, Mark, this, it's, it's crazy. This is right in Brooklyn. Yeah, and Mark, what's interesting about that is that's the way officers are trained um, as public servants. And if you don't apply that medical aid or medical assistance, you can be sued in a civil trial and one of these 1983 lawsuits. And it happens all the time and people get money behind it. And it just really speaks to the testament of what a police officer does as a public servant to serve and protect the citizens of the city of New York and officers, not just in New York, but on a national level are in the same, um, <laughs> same situation it's all over the country. You use force. Yeah. You use force against someone. Be prepared to save them. All right. Watch this video. We'll go through this real quick here. Um, this one's really, you're going to get a kick out of this, man. Uh, where, which one is this one? Uh, this is crazy. Man. <laughs> this only in New York City can you get this. Look at this. Man. The subway system attacked by a man with a pipe. This says crime, especially in the subway, was a major sticking point during the gubernatorial oh, election. X Levin's Kieran Dillon is live in Tribeca this morning with more. Now, Kieran, this incident has sparked renewed concerns about subway safety. 
Hi guys, good morning. Yeah, renewed concerns. I mean, this is something, subway safety, that many New Yorkers are worried and concerned about. And we know that this incident right now is a brutal attack. That's how, what police are telling us. And also one that they believe was unprovoked. They say a woman, a 46-year-old woman, uh, was inside the subway station here behind me. She was contracted by the MTA to clean the platform. They say she was doing just that when she was approached by a man who then struck her in the face with a metal pipe. Take a look at these images. This is the man police are looking to identify in connection to the assault. All right. So um, where are we? So just so you know, what happened was that this lady who's she's definitely working. She's making minimum wage. You know what I'm saying? Right. And she's. Um, and she gets hit in the head with a pipe. Uh, well, while, while doing her her shift by this guy and uh fuck me if i didn't do this damn it did i not do this oh man i think i blew it man i had the greatest joke in the world and i don't think i up up that slide oh there he goes i got it you ready for this See, what happens is every once in a while like these crimes happen and because i worked in the warren squad and I'm really good at, like, I could look at that picture and, and tell you exactly who it is. So they sent it to me and they asked me, do you know who it is? I said, yeah, absolutely. That's Trevor Noah right there. Uh, <laughs> he's the guy. So uh, Trevor Noah, when he's not doing the nightly show on uh, Comedy Central, he goes by the name of Jonathan Frias. <laughs> well, his days are over, man. Yeah, plummeting ratings. Uh, plummeting ratings. Like he quit. He quit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He quit because the ratings you were know, in the toilet. Listen, I don't. No matter what happens, I'm going to tell you a story about Trevor Noah. Okay, Trevor Noah. Uh, he hired my friend Angel Lazada to uh, be his. Um, he was the the warm up comic on his show. They, you know, because they film live some segments, right? Right. And Angelo was a dear friend of mine. I loved him to death. Funniest comedian in the world. And uh, that's a good gig to get, to be the warm-up comic for a nightly show. I have a bunch of friends that do it for daily shows. And uh, Angel Angelo got cancer in the middle of his run. And Trevor took him on the road with him. And he took care of him the whole fucking time. So I made a joke, but Shout out to Trevor Noah, who's doing robberies on the train right now. Uh, <laughs> oh, let me ask you about this, because uh, ex-NYPD commissioner, rookie son, promoted to detective. Do you hear about this? Yeah, I did that's, hear. What that, is that's Dermot Shea. So Dermot Shea was the what, commissioner. What, yeah, what, what, is, what does he do now? Do you know? I don't know what he does, but his son has 18 months on the job. And, and somehow, he's already a detective. No, mind you, listen, I'm going to tell you something right now about his son. He's got 23 collars in a year, which is pretty good, but not good enough to get into the squad. At least three years before you get into the squad. He works in the 2-3. Um, a great patrol guy, 23 collars. That's uh, you know, it's two a month. You know what I'm saying? In a year, when you're on patrol, at least. So good. He's a good cop. Not knocking it. But this is what happens when... The NYPD, because they're always lagging the NYPD. When the NYPD doesn't get in touch with social 
media where they realize these stories that can be they can be put out right on social media. This kid got promoted to a squad. All this stuff used to be internal, and we used to have to deal with it, right? Like, how did this yeah. kid get here? He's got six months on the job. You know what I had to do to get get into the squad? I mean, that that's you know, I, if that's not nepotism, I don't know what is. And like you said, Mark, I'm sure that he's a great cop, but you earn your stripes before you make it to the detective bureau. Um, Eighteen months. I'll tell you. I'll tell you a guy who I think deserves to be in um, in the detect in the detective bureau. A couple of years ago, um, Paul Ch- Paul Tazzolo, he was shot and killed in the in the um, in the four three precinct. And there was one of the rookies that was in a gray shirt that was, you know, had had they send the police academy recruits uh, to do field training. He was one of the um, the field training recruits. And when Paul Chazolo was shot um, in uniform, it was this recruit in uniform that shot and killed the assailant. He deserves yeah. to get his shield. And the well, commissioner yeah, 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 just yeah. recently, the commissioner, I want to say it was last week, um, uh, the the commissioner promoted him to detective, and he deserved it. But when you speak to Shay's son, and like I have nothing against the guy, but you no, no, listen, I'm sure he's a dynamite cop. I don't see right. what the need to get him into the squad right away. What, like if you told me literally nobody else wanted it, but who doesn't want to bump up to the squad? You remember Levitt, right? From yeah. um, Barney Miller, that guy always wanted to be in squad. Yes. Remember Levitt? Yes. <laughs> You know who remembers Levitt? Uh, uh, Pranzo. We're going to say goodbye to the people in the chat, and then I'm going to close out with a couple of uh, stories here. But we've had a lot of work in, going on in the chat. Ange- Angela uh, has joined us, uh, Joe Murray's wife, and uh, thank you for joining us tonight. Scott Wagner came on. I've seen a lot of people laughing. Anne-Marie, renew concerns. When did anyone stop being concerned about subway safety? Nobody. My daughter takes the train. I'm freaking nervous every day for her. Um, so we had uh, you came on late, so we had a lot of stories to cover, and I got like two more, and then we'll let you go. Uh, there, it's fun stuff. This one's crazy, man. You see this guy? Although we yeah. did that one already. We did that one. Which one? That was, was Coney Allen. Oh, we did that this too. This is the guy right. that was okay. That was the guy that snatched the twelve-year-old girl's chain. Yeah, we did that already. Okay, yeah, I'm sorry because okay. I went backwards. That's fine. So, okay, so uh, where are we right now? We talked about that. We're almost at the end. Look at this. Um, so, you know, I didn't know this, but um, I guess they do the most beautiful cop in the world competition, and this is the woman who won. Most beautiful cop in the world is honored to fight crime in dangerous city. You know where she works? She works in Bogota, Colombia, man. You think um, she's on patrol or she's driving a bus? What do you think? Look at her. <laughs> look at her. Look at her. Look at her. Look at her. <laughs> she's got an Instagram page in case you didn't know it. Um, her name is uh, Diana Ramirez, by the way. That's her. That's her Instagram page. She's the most beautiful cop in the world, folks. And that's her in uniform. Like I said, she's uh, Bogota, Colombia, though. That's got to be right. The Sicarios. You deal no, with the Sicarios now. Let's, let's just say, for argument's sake, you had a foot post 
And then they start coming in with these military vehicles, the way they roll in, all the people that are coming off the mountain where they, yeah, all the drug dealers, and they're coming in. And each freaking military vehicle has like a, you know, the machine gun on it. What do you do? I go in, I go in the back where they play Joker poker, and I chill in there until they leave. What do you think? <laughs> you ever do that where they play know, Joker but, poker? I, well, no, I can't say that I have, but I can tell you in a place like uh, Bogota, Colombia. You know, Bogota, Medellin, you have a lot of those Sicarios that will not only kill you as a cop, but they'll kill your family, too. So policing is very tepidously done in places like that because of the close connection, the six degrees of separation. You have three degrees uh, of separation in a place like that. Mary Goldstein, who's going to be uh, the Diana Ramirez of Nassau County Police Department when she gets on it. She says, how's she keeping that makeup in place while fighting crime? Uh, yeah, you know what? Listen, like I said, I don't know if she's out there actually on patrol. She's probably driving a bus. We didn't go that far over. Um, Scott Wagner in Bogota, she's riding a donkey on patrol. No, actually, Scott, I, I resent that, Mark. She looked like she was coming out of a car. It looked electric, by the way. Milwaukee civilian, Mark, I love your socks tonight. I don't know what the what that means, uh, Milwaukee. Sometimes you, you get me, you got me on that one. All right, let me just see if there's any more. There's nothing. Uh, I think we covered it all. What do you, do you have anything you want to promote? I want to promote Mark DeMeo. No, really. Is there something um, that uh, you got coming up that you want to? Um, you, you know, <laughs> I'm doing. I'm like, I'm. I'm I'm like a, a mosh pit of a little of everything. And so mm. uh, the only thing I want to promote right now is getting some more cash. <laughs> you know, if you have, if you could set up a windfall situation for me to get, no, I'm teasing you, man. Mark, I'm just happy uh -huh. to be on with you, man. You're a good friend of mine. And, you know, it's not about me. It's about you and your listeners. And the promotion is for your show to continue to manifest and grow in time and get 2 billion listeners and viewers that will enable you to get those multi-million dollar advertising contracts. That's what I want to promote. Well, I got, you know, I, I, I say thank you. And now I want to give you your accolades. Um, I called you at a short notice and you came through for me. And I highly respect you. I think you're uh, not only on top of it, you know, you got to know the stuff. You got to know the material, but you're also funny. And that's, to me, that's what I love the most is that you have a sense of humor about it. Not only are you intelligent, you know what the what you're talking about, but you're also uh, funny about it. And that's what I love about you. So that's right. why I want to thank you for joining me tonight. And on behalf of my, uh, the comment section and the people that are going to watch the show, thank you so much, Dr. Darren Porcher, for joining us. Uh, I want to promote the show. I'm I'm going to be in South Carolina, at Myrtle Beach next weekend, performing at the Hangout. Uh, to get tickets, uh, JJComedy.com. Um, and some be, guy it, in that picture. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, that's back in the day. But I'm going to lose weight, and I'll, I'll tell you all about that in the future, uh, because we got big things coming up. But that being said, uh, Darren, thank you so much for joining us. The people that um, that were part of the show tonight. Angela Eng, Scott Wagner, uh, Chick Eastwater, Patricia Burns, Peter Pranzo, K.H. Walker, 
Little Mermaid, Raquel Pranzo. Hi, Raquel. Milwaukee Civilian, Phil Leo, Jojo, Tim Alliston, uh, Gina G, Mary Goldstein, uh, Louisa. Uh, thank you so much for joining us tonight. I had a fun time. You got you killed it, man. You were great. Thank you for coming, dropping in last minute. And uh, as far as next week goes, uh, I'll let you know what's going to happen because, like I said, I'm going away to uh, South Carolina for the weekend. I have to check what time my flight comes in on Monday to see if uh, I'll be able to put the show together. I'll do it. I'll be here, man. Trust me. I'll figure it out. That's what pros do. Thank you, Dr. Darren Porcher. All the best to you. All right. God bless thank you, Mark, man. You're the man, bro. God bless you. God bless your listeners, man. And thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Hey, good night, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. All right. Take it easy, Mark. That was fun, right?